Hello there, it's Gareth here and welcome to this episode 53 of the podcast. I hope you are well. So today we're going to be talking about challenges. We talk about challenges a lot, don't we, because I'm big into them. That's what life I think is about, you know. I think when you're always in a position, you're doing one of two things. You're either trying to overcome something that's difficult, dealing with challenges, or you are going after something you want, you're chasing your goals. And that's all whatever they're doing, I think. Any particular time throughout your life, you're either overcoming something or going after something. Simple as that. And I want to use something I did last weekend as a way to highlight some of the things that people fail on with challenges. Or goals, they're the same thing um, in some ways. One's, I mentioned this because last weekend I did the Yorkshire Three Peaks. And for those of you who don't know what the Yorkshire Three Peaks is, it's a long-distance walk in the north of England in the um, Yorkshire Moors. Well, actually not the Yorkshire Moors, the Yorkshire Dales, sorry. It's it's basically a route that consists of 24 miles, three big hills, 5,000 foot of ascent, and it's the challenge is to do that route in less than 12 hours. So we took that on this weekend, and I did it with um, Rianne, um, Sue and myself. So Sue's my partner. Rianne is the harpist who's been on this podcast a couple of times. And I know she listens to this, so hello, Rianne. And us three went up there, camped over on Friday night, Saturday morning. Our intention was to take on the Yorkshire Three Peaks and hopefully successfully complete it to do the route in less than 12 hours. And it was a great weekend. We'd been training for this for quite some time. And that's something that... I think a lot of people, when they take on a challenge or a goal, they, they underestimate the amount of effort and training and preparation they need to put in. Because when you do this Yorkshire Three Peaks, it's always busy up there, especially on a weekend, there's people doing sort of charity walks. And we managed to catch up with a crowd of people that were clearly doing it for charity. And it was absolutely staggering how many of them were just in terrible shape. Bear in mind, they turned up to the 24 miles. This is a tough walk, 5,000 foot of ascent. You know, a 12-hour walk, this is hardcore. But yet, by the look of them, and actually sometimes I could hear them talking about how they wish they'd have done more training, they turned up and did not prepare. Most people who take on challenges all want the end result. Oh, I want to overcome this. I want to, I want to see the goal at the end of it. So goals, challenges, they all keep their eye on that. Think positively and you can do it. I keep hearing this. Just think positive and you know, you'll get through it. The truth of the matter is I'm all for positive thinking. You know, I'm all for being optimistic you can achieve something, but you've got to back that up with some effort on the planning and preparation and training stage. Otherwise, you know, you're just going to end making yourself, you're going to be found wanting, are you? And I've, I've seen this a few times. I've seen people do it in, from a business perspective when they've taken on presentations. I know people that have just literally gone on stage not even prepared to talk, and it's just been woeful. This walk this weekend, there were people on there walking around us because, you know, we're walking, there's other people there. There's some of the people were just absolutely shockingly unfit. You know, they'd have been unfit walking, never mind 24 miles up and down hills, they'd have been knackered doing four miles on the flat, some of these people, but yet they still took it on and they still believe that, you know, well, it's all about positive thinking. Um, I can tell you now, halfway up the second hill, some of these people, they weren't talking about positive thinking. They were just wondering where the next breath was coming from. It was that tough. Because we camped over, we, we, we clearly had people on our campsite that were doing the challenge as well. And some of the people there, when they came back, they were just like broken people. And the following morning was even more hilarious. They were just kind of staggering about on the campsite. And most of these hadn't managed the three peaks. They'd managed to do two of them. Well, we did manage to do the three peaks. We trained hard for this. And we'd planned this from, the, from a training perspective. We'd planned it well. 
from our route planning and time we were setting off of the morning vote. We planned it well. You know, we'd planned this food and we planned this. We planned everything really well. We'd done so much prep for this. So we went round there. And not all, I mean, bear in mind, me and Sue have done this before. The fastest time me and Sue have done these three peaks in together is 10 hours and 40 minutes. So well under the 12 hours. But Rihanna had never done this. And the reason I'd taken Rihanna is because we're doing a lot of work with recently on her fitness. And I wanted to, to show her how fit, because I knew she were fit enough to do this. But I wanted to prove it to her so she could get a tangible kind of feeling around, look what I did. Because if you can see it on the Yorkshire Three Peaks Challenge, it's a big deal. And and she she actually did it in just under 10 hours, 9 hours and um, 58 minutes, which is absolutely outstanding. And for somebody who's never done that route before, and it just showed her how much uh, training and preparation had paid off. And me and Sue did it in 10 hours and one minute. Um, Sue had a bit of an issue with her feet at the end, so I had to, I made the decision I would stay with Sue and kind of, you know, come across the line with her. But I feel comfortably I could have gone under, under 10 hours as well. Now, I'm no super athlete, neither is Sue or Rianne, but we just did the prep, did the work. And so many people do not. They take on goals, they take on challenges, thinking that, yeah, I've just got to stay positive and, you know, everything else will fall into place. It just won't. It absolutely won't. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail, is what they basically say. And I think it's true. But spending extra time ensuring you are trained properly and you're prepared properly will... Will, you will avoid that feeling of having to quit something because you know you didn't do the work. And to see the people at the end, you know, they were all making a bit light of it. Well, we did too, you know, we can come back next year and try it again. But they will have a kind of a huge amount of disappointment. I know that. I know the feeling they'll have because they'll sit there thinking, if only I'd have done the training. We had the perfect conditions. Although it was sunny and it was quite warm, it was dry underfoot. There was no wind. There was there, there was just a. If I'm honest, it was a close to perfect day for doing those three peaks. Maybe three or four degrees hotter than it could have. It would have been perfect, but it's, it's close to perfect as you get actually. Because up there, it's it's normally really wet or really warm. They had the close to perfect conditions. They could have done a really good time if they'd only put the effort in. So if you're listening to this and you take on challenges and you've found yourself in the past not just doing the prep and not doing the training for something, whether, again, a challenge like this or whether it's something personally, professionally that you've had to prepare for, if you don't do the preparation, start doing that. I've had this conversation recently with my son. Um, Our George is he's 18 next and he's in the process of learning to drive. So one of the things he's got to do in order to be able to take his test, he's pass his theory. And he's taken it twice now and failed it both times. And the first time I was kind of, you know, I was reasonably kind of calm with him and said, well, you know, you'll know better next time. You'll know what questions to practice on. And then, he, then because of lockdown, he had about six months between the two theory tests. And then went back again after those tests, after ensuring me that he'd done all the work, he'd done all the, the practice, he'd done all the, the revision, and he failed it. In fact, more than failed it, he actually got a worse score than his first one. And I says, George, you know, you've had all this time. There's only so many questions. You know, you can't get it wrong. You know, there's either there's a right or wrong answer to everything they ask you. All you've got to do is learn them. And I said, you've been found wanting. You've not put the effort in. He's got it again in another three weeks. And I've kind of got a bit of a deal with him, which is uh, it's 26 quid to do this test. So I said, look, I will I will take the t- I will pay for the test for you because he normally paid paid for the last one. I said, I'll pay for it this time if you pass. I will, I will, you don't owe me anything. If you fail, you owe me the £23. Plus, you'll have to find another £23 to book it again. But I said, if you fail this time, after having all this 
time to, to practice. It just shows that you're doing nothing. You're being born idle. And you're just expecting to do the same thing over and over again and get a different result, which is insanity. So I was quite harsh on this time. I said, get yourself practiced. Again, he's assuring me he, he is practicing. And I've got a way of testing him, actually. I'm going to make sure that I, they have a thing on the phone where you can do a, a mock test. I'm going to make sure if he's not getting a, a regular, I think they've got to get 43. So if you're not getting four, five, 45 and 46 regularly, you know, I'm going to cancel this test because I can cancel it up to 24 hours beforehand. You must do the work. People that understand this and understand the importance of planning, preparation and training are the ones that tend to look like they're doing things effortlessly. You know, there would have been a point on Saturday when we were kind of going past people and we were rolling along beautifully. People think, oh, they're fit, they're healthy. You know, it, you know, it's effortless. Well, it's not exactly effortless. It was tough for us, but it was a lot less tough than it could have been because we did all the training, because we did all the prep. And that's something I'm bringing into to my work, actually, from this week is a bit more prep. I realise, you know, sometimes I struggle with these podcasts because I do, I try to, on the day, I come up with thinking about what to to talk about. But I've set myself a bit of a structure now for creating content online. So whether it's this podcast, whether it's my blog, whether it's the daily video I'm doing on you on Facebook and YouTube, I'm, I've got a plan now in place so I know what I'm doing. I can plan ahead of time. And I'm not going to sit down again in front of a computer screen to write a blog or to do a podcast without knowing what the subject is and, and a few little notes so I've got the ability to do it more smoothly. Now, this one's different. I'm sharing the experience of the weekend, so I'm kind of almost relaying it to you. But that's the kind of the thing I want you to get from listening to this episode. If you are not a planner and a preparer and a trainer, start doing that. It will ramp up how good, how successful you are in achieving goals or overcoming challenges just by that simple practice of say, right, what's the work that needs to be done between now and completing the challenge, completing the goal, and then get about and do it. And don't kid yourself because, you know, you will be found wanting. And that's a strange and horrible feeling. I know because I've had that in the past. Knowing you could have practiced, knowing you had all the time in the world, you get to the kind of point where you've got to, you know, get in there and do it and you realise you didn't do the work and you just feel foolish. It's not a good feeling and it doesn't need to be that way if you concentrate on doing the prep and the, the, the stuff beforehand. I want to share something else with you today as well. Um, and this, this is something which... I don't, I've not gone into this conversation, and I've meant, not mentioned this before, but up to recently I've been, I've had a bit, I've got a problem with this COVID jab business. I've been putting, I'm 51, so I could have had my COVID jab about two months ago, and I've been putting it off because I'm scared of needles, okay? I don't like needles, I don't like stuff stuck in my arm, because I had a bad experience once giving blood, and it made me put me right off needles. Anyway, over the course of the last few days, I've been making the decision, you know, maybe I should get this COVID jab, and I feel it's the right thing to do. So I booked a COVID jab and I had that this morning. So this morning at 8.25, I was in um, outside Elland Road in where Leeds United play. There's like a, a, a pavilion, they call it. And I was in there, sat in a queue waiting to be injected. Absolutely petrified the fact that I've got to deal with this needle. And I've had this fear of needles for years now, ever since I gave the blood. And the blood must have been back, well, I mean, I would have been 21, 22. I'm going back a long time. So for all this time, I've avoided anything that involved injections or needles because I have this fear. It hurts, it's horrible, I pass out. I went today for this jab, went in, sat down, and literally petrified. I'm feeling needles. I've been telling you I've got a fear of needles. And the guy that was doing it says, oh, don't worry, just sit down, you'll, you'll be fine. I told him about it. He says, well, just take it steady, just relax your arm. And, you know, he said, I'm just going to, you might feel a bit of a, like a little scratch and that. 
And then he grabbed my arm and I thought, okay, he grabbed my arm and must be trying to grab the skin to, to stick the needle in and all that business. And he says, right, there you go. And I thought, what? You've done it? I mean, I thought it literally just grabbed me. I mean, it felt like somebody had grabbed me arm. I, did, was, I couldn't feel a needle going at all. I said, that's it. And, they, and there were these kind of, I said, I've been putting off injections and, you know, not going to places abroad that would need an injection. And that's as simple as an injection is these days. I'm saying that because sometimes we keep these fears, irrational fears, that hold us back from doing things. I'm going to tie back in what I talked about earlier. If you've got a challenge you'd like to take on or a goal you've got to take on, if what's holding you back is the fear of doing it, I encourage you to try. Because two things happened when I did that injection this morning. One is I know now I've got, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm safe and I can start to spend some time with me. My mum this weekend, you know, she's a bit older, so I won't be passing things about. If I get COVID, it'll be better. But also I've broken my fear of needles. If you told me I have an injection tomorrow, no problem. Bring it on. When you do something that you fear, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. And when you've done it, you've got an all added amount of confidence in doing something that you fear doing. And it gives you more confidence to take on other things you fear. It's the same with challenges. If you take on challenges and you might be a bit anxious to start with doing them, the anxiety goes away and then you'll take on bigger challenges. That's exactly what Rianne was like this weekend. We'd done it before and I was a little bit anxious. I don't know why I was anxious this time. I think it was because I wanted to ensure we had it. I wanted to get everybody around. It was really important I got Rianne around this. But Rianne was really anxious. But we did a really good time, and I think it's because of Rianne's anxiety. Because when she set off to do the three peaks, the first peak, she shot off. She literally shot off. She was so quick on the first one because she had that nervous anxiety. And I just said to her, when you start going on the mills and walking, you'll be better. And she did. And once she started walking, she started sprinting. So remember that. Any challenges you've got, plan, prepare. Anything you fear, get through it. There you go. I hope you've enjoyed that. Till the next podcast, you take care.